with me, if you would, this morning. Job, let's go to Job chapter 22. Amen. It says in verse 28, I hope you have something, a little star by it or whatever. It says in verse 28, thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. Well, amen. If we'll decree, something will happen. If we'll say, something will happen. That's the point I want to make, is that when you say, according to the word, something will happen. Literally, it says here in the end of this verse, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. So God will open up his good treasure of wisdom and opportunity to bring to pass whatever you decree, he'll establish it by his light. He doesn't just rain it down on you. He'll open the door. He'll make a way. He'll show you what to do, the step to take, the, the turn to make. He'll show you what to do. The light will shine on your way. When you decree a thing, it'll be established to you. Amen? So we got to open up and talk. I said we got to be talkers. We got to talk some more. Second Peter, would you turn to Second Peter chapter 1? We're talking this morning about confession. It says in verse 3, Here's the Bible. Now, we're going to have to either believe the Bible and live by the Bible to get Bible results, or we're going to have to live like the world lives and get worldly results. Well, I've been in the world, and I've been in the Bible. I like the Bible way better, hallelujah. When I've made it work for me, and it worked every time I worked it, it worked, and it was exceeding good. There was increase. There was joy. Something good came. You know, that old thing about you never know what the Lord's going to do? It's not true. The devil told that lie. <laughs> we always know what the Lord's going to do. He's predictable. Praise God. It says here in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, according as his divine power. Now, I'd like to have some of that. God's divine power would be probably the best stuff there could be. Amen. According to his divine power, hath given unto us all things, all things that pertain unto two things, life and godliness. Well, I'll tell you, we won't go there this morning, but if you study out, it's everything you need. You hadn't got any needs outside of life and godliness. <laughs> he said he's given you all things that pertain to those two areas. How? Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So you can't have anything that you don't know about. You got to know some things. That old thing about, well, the Lord knows I need it. He'll just get it to me. Well, sometimes what we thought we needed isn't what we needed at all. So many times I was going to go do something and got detained, got turned on everything. And by the time I got there, it wasn't even what I needed. It changed. I was so glad. Hallelujah. How are we going to get this divine power that pertains to your life and godliness? How are we going to get it into you, God says? He says, whereby are given unto us. Here's the key going in the door. Whereby are given unto us. Say, given to me. Given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Now, that just seems too easy. But you see, the world's been wanting magic. They've been wanting something that's in the unknown, something that's just God, and we couldn't understand it. It's just God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform, they say. Well, that's because people don't want to know what God's doing. They want to keep him over there and keep us over here, because if we go over there, God will want us to do some things we don't want to do over here. We want to live our carnal life, but just get us a magic thing from God. But he says it's going to be according to his exceeding great and precious promises. Something that's natural, something that anybody could pick up, something that you could tap in by the weekend. You could have the divine power of God flowing in your life if you just had some exceeding great and precious promises. 
It just seems too easy. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So it's going to be so simple that the heavy-minded, the ones that are really out there, they'll never see it. It'll be below their radar. Do you understand what I'm saying? We've been looking for something in the sky to flash on us, a miracle, some sort of sign and wonder, and it was right there in our hand the whole time. Well, if I could just get a miracle from God, sure can. Well, I just don't feel spiritual enough. Well, I just don't know anybody that could do that. It's right there in your hand. It's the promises of God. He's no respecter. If he did it for anybody, he's got a promise for you. Hallelujah. And his whole job in heaven, y'all, it's not to feed the hungry Chinese people or whoever's, you know, the flood victims. His whole job is to open up his promises to you. He wants to bring you his life. Jesus said, I've come to get this life into your life. Now, we just got to figure out what key it is. I don't have my keys on me, but I've got a wad of keys, and then I've got a key to a drawer that's got a whole bunch of other keys, and just keys are everywhere. But you know, when you find the right key, it can open up the vault to everything you need. So we got to find the key. It's not magic. It's not works. Well, if I could just do enough. Well, if I could just, you know, get this thing fixed. If I could just go to church more. It's not that at all. It's the exceeding great and precious promises. Well, we're going to read verse 4 again. Whereby are given unto me exceeding great and precious promises, that by these, by these what? By these promises, I might be partaking of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That word corruption means destruction. He said, if you want to get out of this world trouble, trouble that's in the world, you don't have to go hide in a cave. Oh, God's got a Holy Ghost cave over here. Everybody run in here and we'll have water stacked up over here and MREs over here and we'll have matches up to the wall. You know, no, that's not his form of escape. He's going to deliver you by the word of God. The promises of God are going to deliver you from everything that's destructive in this world. I said everything. All things, you've been delivered from everything and all things that are destructive in this world. Well, I don't know. You know, it doesn't seem right that I ought to be exempt from everything. We're in this world, and God gave us a brain and all those other lies that people come up with because they can't accept the simplicity of the gospel. It is so simple. It is so available. It is so accessible. They just think there's got to be more. It's Almost too good to be true news that we'd say that. But it's right there. You got trouble? The trouble's been fixed. You don't have enough? The lack's been supplied. You got sickness in your body? You got trouble in your body? I imagine everybody's got a a little temptation to have sickness in our body of some kind to take it. But he's already taken care of it. Amen? So we're going to decree a thing. Well, what thing should we decree? We got to know something. You can't have something beyond what you know. Knowledge is going to have to come. Now, that's not the end of it, but knowledge is going to have to precede you having something in your life. Amen? Proverbs chapter 18. Let's go there. The word partake in this is a verb. And what it literally means to you and me is that we should hear it, believe it, and walk it by faith. I might be a partaker of those great and precious promises. Proverbs chapter 18. Look at this verse that we all know, verse 21. Well, let's look in verse 20 just for a good context. It says, a man's belly, the inward man, shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Now, I know we could just read past this and say, well, isn't that fine? Isn't that nice? But that's not how most people live. Most people don't live their lives that their future is based on what they say. They live their lives on everything else. 
hard work and working a deal and being at the right place at the right time and negotiating their life so they'll avoid trouble and be in the good place, the blessed place. But that's not what it's all about. Those things do happen. But the Bible says if you'll get your mouth in line that the world will conform itself to what you say. That's amazing. That's one of the most amazing Bible truths that can be told. It's the most unbelief truth that's been told. And yet the kingdom of God is based on that and seed time and harvest more than anything else. What you say and what you give is going to tell you your future. If I can hear you speak and if I can look at what you give, I can tell you what your future is like. Well, I don't know about that. I'm telling you, without exception, I can be so accurate. It doesn't go from there. That's the way it is. Amen. It says in uh, Proverbs chapter 18, 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Well, there it is. Now, it's just couched in that little scripture in Proverbs, so you would say that's just one of many. But I'm telling you, death, death is in your mouth, or life is in your mouth. It's not based on your education. We spend great efforts and and monies to get educated. Thank God, that's good. We're not belittling anything. But I'm telling you, if you put that in front of this, you're not as smart. You, You really do need to be educated. But you probably won't get it where you're going. Words have the preeminence. Words are the main thing. God is so impressed with words that we should speak that he used this same law to operate himself from the earth being formed when he said light be to everything that he does now. He says in the Old Testament, he said, I can't do anything unless I find a prophet, somebody that'll tell it in the earth first. All these prophecies that are in the Old Testament about Jesus coming to bear, having his virgin birth and his reign and rule and everything, all of those things were spoken in the Old Testament. Why is that? Historical or just God wanted to give us a heads up? He had to have someone say it before he could legally do it. It had to be spoken into the earth. A man had to have the authority that could bring these things in. God just can't hover over there and say, I'm the big guy. I'll do whatever I want to do when I want to do it and how I want to do it. If you don't like it, just take it. He can't do that. He does it according to spoken words in the earth. Well, he then has given us that ability to in the same measure and degree. It's how Jesus operated. It's how you and I are going to operate. Now, whether you agree with this, believe this, like this, doesn't make any difference. It's working. It's operating. And you're already the fruit of, the product of, the result of what you've been saying. It's not like we're trying to get you to do something new. It's that you just got to be aware of what you've already been doing. And if you don't like the results of what you've been doing, you can make an adjustment. Because he said death and life are in the power of the tongue. If I've been salting my life with death, I might want to make an adjustment and begin to to bring the bear of the word of God, the life of God, into my future. I've been in death. I've been in lack. I've been in hurt. I've been in trouble. In every dimension, I think I pretty much covered it, and I'm not real fond of it. Can't recommend it. But I've been in life, and it works every time. Amen? Amen. So the mouth can speak words. Our mouth can speak words that are words of God that contain life. Literally, words are vessels or vehicles of life. Words transport life. 
Magic, you know, they make you to believe that there's something going on in the unseen and you can't understand it and you can't know it. But I'm telling you, words are so predictable. They are foundational. It's a principle. And you can absolutely, just like you would in your computer, you save a file or you copy a file and you paste that file over here. And you're never surprised that that file to the comma, to the dot, to the color is exactly like the file you copied over here. You can speak God's words over here and you can wake up tomorrow and you'll see the exact copy, the replica of what you said in your life over there. Well, now none of us would want to admit it. I don't like it either, that our life is the exact result and picture of our words. And I'd like to say I've been speaking better and that I could prove it by my life being better. But actually, I'm growing in it. You're growing in it. We're growing in this because we wasn't raised this way. Could I have a better Amen. We wasn't raised speaking life. We were raised speaking death because, like Il Cole says, things left to themselves just naturally go to the devil. So if we don't have training, if we don't have something that brings us up, we, by default, in the nature of this world, we just start saying what we see. We start repeating what we hear. We start recounting our experiences. There's women that say, I'll never get married again because I hate all men. Men are, and then bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> you know, well, they've had a bad experience, but I'm here to tell you, we're not all that bad. Some of us, hallelujah. And it's on the other side. You can't stereotype and categorize based on your experience. And so once you've had a bad experience, once you've seen something that was negative, you tend to just say, well, that's the way it is. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't that way, but all of a sudden, it is that way. For you, it is. Had a man that was a businessman, and he told me over and over, over and over. It was a new business that he had started. He went into this business coming out of a wage, and he uh, got into this, and he told me, he said, you can't make a living in this business unless you go under the table. You can't make a living and be honest in this business. Well, how many of y'all know right then, the same moment that the captain looked over there on the Titanic and saw the hole in the side of the ship, he started unloading lifeboats. At the same time, this man says, you can't make it unless you go under the table. I started saying, you need to unload a lifeboat. And he lost his business, by the way. But they're in business just like that all over town. It's a lie to say everybody is crooked in that business. Our words mean everything. You can speak words that agree with God. Or you can speak words that agree with the curse that's already in the earth. Now, how many of y'all know there's a curse that's already operating in the earth? God's not out to get you. <laughs> Adam already got us. <laughs> Hallelujah. He already opened the door to the curse that's on this earth. And the devil's enforcing that. He's uh, making sure that it stays in operation. It is the operation of the world. And God's not mad at anybody. Sickness is not God's fault. It's not his deal. Lack and, and need is not what God's sending. But if you're a Christian, you're born again, you're a lover of God, you've got Jesus in your heart and you've got trouble, it just means that you haven't had anything to raise you up above the curse that's in this world. It's already here. God didn't send nothing. It's just working. He didn't send a hurricane to wipe out New Orleans. That wasn't judgment against New Orleans. Las Vegas and San Francisco are still standing. Come on. And I'm telling you, there's cities over in the Far East that make these cities look like Baptist churches, you know, with the steeple and everything. No, that's not what's going. It's just it's in the earth. But the people of New Orleans, per se, didn't have a consensus of righteousness and didn't bring through prayer and speaking the word their city to a level of safety. They didn't rise above it. <laughs> they were vulnerable. 
Ashley, Jesse Duplantis, he told it. He told everybody. He said, New Orleans has been saying for years, the big one's coming. We hadn't had a big one, and the big one's coming. The big one, anytime, the big one's coming. <laughs> well, you know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And you get enough people saying it, well, what prayers the saints are offering are having a trouble. There was a door there that opened. I tell you, Tuscaloosa, we're raising up our voices that no trouble's on this city. Amen? Well, does everybody agree? No, but I tell you, we're doing something. Praise God. But today, right now, this morning, what is it? It's August 11th. It's September. Okay, it's even later than I thought. It's never been this late before. You and I are operating. Listen to me. We are operating in our life. Your position financially, maritally, medically, whatever you say there, you are operating based on the last faith-filled or fear-filled words that you spoke. That thing that is still out there, I know you quit hearing your words that you said yesterday. As soon as you spoke them, they were gone out of your hearing, but they are out there and they are creating whatever you said. <laughs> and if you were joking, just joshing, just coarse jesting, just fooling around, but you'd been fooling around saying we never have enough, we run out of money before we run out of month or whatever you say, just joking around, eventually it gets down in your heart and you begin to say things. And if you've never contradicted that and never said no in the name of Jesus, I'm blessed of God, I'm rich. If you've never confronted those words with something that's right, that's life-giving, then those death words are still out there and they are exact they are precise, they are specific, and they are on time. This is sobering. This is sobering. How can this be? I know when I first got a computer, people would say, why did it do that? And I would say, well, because you did something that made it do that. No, I didn't. And they'd argue with you about it. I'm not talking about anybody specifically. <laughs> and they'd say, I didn't do that. But, you know, no more than I know, and that's for sure not very much. I'd dig in there, and I'd say, wow, she did it. How, he did it. I mean, hallelujah. <laughs> they did it. They did it. Yeah, they did it. That's it. And you'd find out that, you know, that it was exact, that there was nothing there arbitrary, nothing that was out there general just saying, well, we, we may change this on our own. It was exactly as it had been done. So did it do. And so also are our words. Are y'all here this morning? Amen. And so we can fix this. The thing that I love about the gospel more than anything is that it's so accessible to me. It's not that thing that religion has brought to us that says if you'll climb every mountain and cross every sea, if you'll walk across hot coals, if you'll hurt your body, if you'll suffer pain, if you'll fast for 30 days, if you'll go into a cave for a year, not get married, all these religious things. Really, all you got to do is just say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to say? And he'll lead you to the great and precious promises. And he'll say, say this. Just say this. Just say this and see what happens. We ought to take him up on that. It's really a good promise, a good deal. But most people don't. Ah, I hadn't got time for that. So they go out and struggle. They go out and get beat up, though they go out and have a hard time because I don't have time for that. Oh, you people are fanatics. Oh, you know, that's not what my church preached. But your church is full of people that are having a hard time, that are struggling, that hadn't got the answer, that doing good things and being good enough hadn't been good enough. 
I'm telling you, we ought to take another look at this. Because there's some promises in here that are just almost inconceivable that they could happen to uh, anyone contrary to God getting involved. In other words, God would have to be involved in my life to make me rich. I mean, really rich. I'm talking about rich. Now, it's getting now where $100,000 isn't even rich. I know you and I'd like to lay hold of it, and, you know, let's get what that starts going until rich came along. But really, 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 millionaires, there are millions of millionaires in America now. There's almost as many billionaires in the earth as there was at the turn of the century, just millionaires. Just tremendous, tremendous amounts of money. I can't even go there this morning, but a billion is more money than you can stack up in dollar bills from here to the moon and back and here to the moon and back and here to the moon and back. They throw it around in the news like three billion and you get thinking, oh, well, you know, whatever. There's whole countries on the earth now that operate on less than a billion dollars every year. And so it's a tremendous amount of money. But God wants you rich. And you can't get there. Most of you can't get there without God. But what are you going to do with your one and only life? Kind of like gambling, where you throw the dice or you play the card or whatever gamblers do. Need to put that in there. Hallelujah. Whatever gamblers do, we look down on them and say, you bad people. But actually, we're gambling all the time. Until we get over on God's word and do it God's way, it's just living your one and only life the best you can. Well, that's what everybody's doing. That's what the gangs are doing. That's what the president's doing. That's what everybody's just doing the best they can. And I'm telling you, it's not up to par with God. He has made for more, and he, listen to me, he expects more. Don't tell me your education. Don't tell me your race. Don't tell me your daddy died when you was two and your mama ran off. And don't tell me that you got flooded in New Orleans. It doesn't matter. Faith is the great equalizer, and it doesn't make any difference about yours and my story. God has made a way where there seems to be no way. So, it's not any different than what you've been saying. Your life is not any different than what you've been saying. The devil doesn't sit on your shoulder like the cartoons illustrate, where he sits on your shoulder and he starts saying to you, come on, come my way, you know, nobody's going to find out and it'll be fun and we'll have a big time. But what he does do is he comes to you and he baits you to say what you see and to repeat what you've heard and to rehearse what you've done. He wants you to say what you've seen, repeat what you've heard, and to rehearse what has been done. He wants you to speak it out of your mouth because if he can ever get it out of your mouth, out of your heart and out of your mouth, he can brick it, he can bolt it, he can foundation it into your life that now it is your future. Not only was it your past, but he's trying to make your past your future. It's the worst thing that can happen to a believer is to have their past be repeated in their future. You say, well, what about miracles in your past? God so wants to eclipse and go past and surmount those miracles that you wouldn't even want them in your life again. So he baits you to comment on life. Who does he use? He uses kinfolks. Hello, he uses the media, printed and broadcast. He uses friends, quote, quote, friends. He uses a whole host of people to get something out of you verbally, to speak these things, to not just observe them, not just to say, I've seen them, but to speak them and then to personalize them, bring them into your life. Yeah. 
And then if he can get that done, if he can bring that to bear, then the next thing he'll do is try to distract you. Listen to me. Distract you from going to the place, being at the place where God will confront those lies, where the truth will be told without compromise. He will begin to distract you. You'll start saying, I don't feel like going to church today. And after all, I go all the time, so what does one thing miss? You say, I don't feel like going to church today, so you don't go. Well, the lie that whatever caused you not to feel good is still working. The last word standing is still doing the commanding. So it's working in your life. It's out there working, trying to bring about a specific thing based on what you said. And so you miss church. And so the lie is unconfronted. The truth is not told. You are still meditating and rehearsing this thing going on inside of you. It's still inside. But then somebody else, some other avenue comes by. He's got another week to come in and get you to say it again. And if he can get you to say it again and say it again and to agree with it again, all of a sudden it'll come into your heart. That's the place that creation is. Now, your head can't create much. Comes out of the mouth, it's just prattle. It's just idle talk. But if idle talk and chatter and prattle ever get down into your heart where you believe it, whether right or wrong, whether you believe something negative or believe something positive, if you never get it down there through a process of repetition, get it down there, and then one day you say it with conviction, I'm telling you right there, that's your life. That is who you are from that point on until it's changed. So we can't say, well, the white people have all the money and the black people are always this and the Hispanic people are always that. We can't say that. We can't say that because, see, that puts me in a place Amen. that's not me. Even if it's true for that particular part. You can't say, you know, baby boomers and baby busters. You can't say that about me. I don't fit. This is what I fit right here. This is who I am in God's eyes. He sees me already healed. Lord, when are you going to do something about this trouble I've got? You're not on the agenda. You're not on the poster. Need to heal Jack. Get to Jack's healing soon. He's already marked that off. Jack got healed. <laughs> well, when did Jack got healed? When Jesus went to the cross, Jack got healed. So he's not got a list, an ongoing list of, Lord, you know I'm down here in this trouble. He's not paying attention to that. He's waiting on the great and precious promises to come forth so he can seal, so he can manifest, so he can reveal and demonstrate what Jesus has already done. Amen. Well, I'm just waiting on God. Honey, it's a long time coming. Because Jesus is not going back up on the cross. He's not going to spill his blood again. He's not going to become poor again that you might be made rich. He did a good job first time out. It pleased Father. Pleased Father. The only judge of the universe, he was pleased. So what are you going to do down here griping and moaning and carrying on about when's God going to do something? He did it. Hallelujah. So the devil draws you into a trap trying to get you to develop a conviction. And listen, if the preacher's up here saying God waxed on New Orleans because of them sinners down there, if you're a pastor or whatever and you preach that, and your people all go, yes, amen, yes, them dirty, nasty Cajuns down there. They got what's coming to them, and yeah, yeah. 
then you're going to believe it out there. If you hear it over and over, you're going to believe that's how it is. You got false information and you begin to repeat it based on what you believe to be truth. And it's not true. Jesse Duplantis' ministry and home, he didn't say the big one's coming. He said, the house of the righteous shall stand. He said, my electricity will stay on, whatever scripture that is, you know. He sendeth the power. That's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. And so Jesse Duplantis, right in the big flat middle, that he spoke about his ministry and about his house. I got on his website the next day after it all blown through here. I got on there, and he said, y'all, everything's fine here. Keep that money coming. You know Jesse. And we'll be in every meeting, and everything's cool. And you go, what happened to Jesse that didn't happen to most folks? He just spoke the word. You didn't have more water and more generators, more sandbags, but he spoke. And most of you spoke. And it was as you spoke. You go, well, I spoke and it didn't happen. Well, you may have been speaking, repeating what somebody else said, but it had to come out of here. And so we got to go to the Bible we got to go over the Bible over and over because we don't want a doctrine that's based on one little scripture over here in Hezekiah. That's a joke. Hallelujah. Or one scripture over here. we got to have a consensus of God that he wants us to do business this way and that it'll work, he'll support it, he'll stand behind it. Let me just read you some scriptures. Here's what Proverbs 10 says in verse 20. It says, the tongue of the just is as choice silvers. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many. The what of the righteous feed many? The lips. lips. But fools die not for supply, but they die for lack of wisdom. So it's in our mouth. Not only does God want to supply for you through your mouth, he wants to supply for others. The Bible says we're blessed to be a blessing. Why don't you turn to Proverbs 14? You're right there. Verse 23. Creation words... are in the unseen realm. Just because you haven't heard what you said yesterday, I trust you got up yesterday and you spoke some words. I trust that yesterday you got up and you declared the truth in spite of and contrary to what seemed to be working against you. That you didn't get up and agree and just say, well, the economy's this and gas is going to this and natural gas is going to be this and, and the bosses said we're cutting back. I hope you didn't get up and just rehearse what you'd heard. I hope you got up and said, I've been made rich. <laughs> I hope you said that. Your words are still out there. Just because they've left your hearing and your consciousness, they are out there doing. Now, you don't want everything that you need in your life to be supplied within the realm of your knowledge and understanding. I want my words to go out there into a kingdom that has access to much. More than just what I understand and know, more than I even know that I need, you know, like, Lord, I need this and I need that. Well, that might not even work, and it sure might not be enough. So I want to send my words out according to his word into the kingdom and let God orchestrate from the whole realm of his domain into my life. He said, I got a little deal working over here in South China. I've got this thing going towards you. Well, what do I know about South China? But he can affect me if my words are out there. Amen? So my words, your words, are tireless. They are uncompromising. They are exact. They are specific. God doesn't just round them off to say whatever. He sure doesn't take a thing that just says, Well, Lord, you know what I meant. You might be one of those, like Gloria Copeland said, that just blows me away. But Lord, you know what I mean. 
No, your words are tireless. They're uncompromising. They're unrelenting. They are working until you decommission them. The last word standing is doing the commanding. So if you've got words of jest and joking and coarse humor out there where you're just talking about, oh, yeah, we don't have nothing. We don't ever have nothing. You're with the boys or with the girls or whatever. I've heard Debbie talk about sometimes in beauty shops how women will come in and trash their husbands. So I marry the sorry old nasty thing, and he don't do this, and he's a sorry this and a sorry that. You just need to know it may be according to the moment and according to the audience and according to who's there. But when you leave that little hair-bending chair, when you make your trip home, you know who's coming home? Woo, he's a rough little companion coming home. He isn't really, but he will be to you. That's the only way you can see him because your words are modifying him, working on him. You got to say by faith like Psalm 112. Mighty man. I got a mighty man. Oh, you got one of them women, you go, whoo, I married her in one way, but here I got this in another way. Well, it's because of words. I may be getting in deep this morning. I can't tell for sure. I, I, may, be, I may be slipping off the bank and going under. Hallelujah. But you got to tell it according to Proverbs 31. You got to speak about her according to Proverbs 31. Virtuous woman. If you keep calling for what you have, you're going to keep having what you have. You got to call for something else. So my words are creating the blueprint of my life. And then they turn around and they construct according to the blueprint. If your parents told you growing up, you'll never amount to anything. Now, their words can't make your future, but if you speak it, agree with it, it'll make your future. So if you just say, yeah, I'll never amount to anything, the last word standing is still working against you every time you go to apply for a job, every time you take a course at the junior college, every time you apply for a promotion, it's working against you. The boss doesn't like you. Nobody in the department can get along with you, and you don't know why. You're a great person. But you'll never amount to anything is working in your life, constructing everything that you can have and can be. I'm not preaching psychology to you here this morning. I'm telling you about your future. As good as we are, as blessed as we are, nobody here wants to stay the same. We all say there's an opportunity for increase in my life, and I believe God's the ticket for it. Well, how do we get the ticket? Well, Lord, you know where I am. That isn't it. He does know where you are. He's giving you the answer to where you are. Put it in your heart and speak it, and you'll have the answer. But if you go around poor-mouthing, it says in verse 23, in all labor there is profit. How many of y'all believe that's true? That when you sow, you're going to reap. That in all labor, there's profit. I mean, you can sell drugs. There's profit in it. In all labor. Boy, the eyes went up there. Hallelujah. <laughs> What you do when you labor, you're negotiating the sale of your life. You're saying, I'll give you an hour in front of the burger flipper thing for $6. If you give me $6, I'll flip your burgers for, for an hour. You're just, you're just negotiating the sale of your life. And he said there's profit there. So profit is a good thing. Labor and profit are a good thing, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. I looked up penury because I knew you'd want to know. It means poverty, lack, need, and want. So he says here, literally, that while working, it produces increase, poor mouthing takes it away. Now, here's what I notice about people is that in life, 
Even though we're under the curse in this earth, in life, there's good days and bad days. We're talking about a sinner, talking about somebody that doesn't really flow with God. Just they have good days and bad days. You know, got a promotion, that's a good day. You know, lost a contract, that's a bad day. There's days where you feel good, days you don't feel so good. So life has ups and downs, and what we all do is we just settle that somehow we're going to be happier with the good days. It'll be good enough to get over the bad days. Talking about the world. But the Bible says here that if your mouth gets contrary, that even the good days that bad people have are negotiated away with poor mouthing, with speaking about their life. In other words, if they say my husband's no good, if they say my job is no good, if they say na-na-na-na-na, that even the good that the world has, so-called good, is taken away. But listen, we call those people, you must be under a curse. And they are. They are. They're invoking dominion that God gave every man and woman, every human, gave them dominion to create their future. You don't have to be born again to get this to work. Just talk to the folks that built the Tower of Babel. They were in one accord. They were in sync. And the Bible says God came down and looked at them in Genesis 11 and said, these people are going to get it done. You know how he finally stopped that thing? He didn't use lightning bolts or an earthquake. The Bible says he came down there and gave them different languages. They could no longer speak in agreement. They could no longer produce this dominion about their lordship in the earth, and they all fell apart. They were scattered. He used their mouth. It's working for the world. But we ought not to be as the world. That's my whole point this morning. You ought not to be as the world. You born-again believers filled with God, wall-to-wall God. God in me, God on me, God for me. It ought to be different for me than the guy that says, I don't give a rip about your God. It ought to be different. The church has always said, well, we'll be good, and therefore God will reward us. He's already rewarded us. Jesus is the reward. He's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You've got the key inside, but you've got to plug it in. You've got to turn it. It's not just being alive and full of God that's going to do it. It's alive, full of God, and speaking, declaring, making what God said happen with your mouth. Well, I don't like this. I know some of y'all don't. I know you don't because I preach this all the time, and you don't change. And you're waiting for somebody to come up with razzle-dazzle results. God's not going to help you win the lottery with this. This isn't, Lord, I'm confessing I win the lottery. That's not his thing. Abraham told it best. He said, I don't even want them to say that they made Abraham rich. Well, you know, he was rich. He's a Christian. He got rich on the lottery. I'm not saying a Christian couldn't win the lottery. I just want you to know your number was as good as anybody else's and no worse than anybody else's. He's neutral on it. But what he will do is open doors of opportunity. He will cause, according to Malachi chapter 3, according to 2 Corinthians 8, 9, according to Bible after Bible verse, he will make you wealthy if you will seek wisdom from him. If you'll seek first the kingdom, Lord, I'm after you. I'm hot on you, Lord. You're what makes me go. You know I got this business, but Lord, I'm trusting you. Woo, Lord says, I can do something with this. Say this, and he'll start giving you scriptures. He'll start telling you what to say. Are y'all here? He'll start telling you what to say. There's two parts to a gun. I had my neighbor come over the other day and show me a gun. It's the biggest gun I ever saw that wasn't on wheels. <laughs> it was a 500 caliber pistol. So I'm not sneaking up next door anymore. I'm knocking, blowing a horn, you know, letting everybody know I'm on the property. Here I am. Don't shoot. 
two parts to a gun. To shoot a gun, you got to load it, and you got to shoot it. Are you all with me? So you got to load it, and you got to shoot it. So if you load this thing with the hottest stuff, and he showed me the bullets, and bless God, those things were cannonballs. They were so huge. But if you load this gun, you lay it around, it could go off accidentally. Now, let me tell you about a gun going off accidentally. It always shoots exactly what was in the gun, and it always hits exactly where it was pointed. Would you all agree with me? It's not like it was pointed that way, but it shot out. No. But a gun that's not loaded... You can throw it anywhere. It will not hurt anybody. It doesn't matter if you pull it all day. So we could have all-night prayer meetings. <laughs> we could have all-night prayer meetings and shoot every devil, you devil of selfishness, and you devil of manipulation, all these devils that are supposed to be hovering over the earth. We could shoot every one of them all night. But if we hadn't got a bullet in it, we have violated the law of killing. <laughs> you got to load it and shoot it. So a lot of people, they're shooting. I tell you, you thing come down. There's nothing in there. There's nothing in there. They're pulling the trigger. But lots of people got their gun in the safe, loaded with the finest faith. Because, see, the way you shoot faith is you load it and you shoot it. You believe it and you speak it. So, you got faith? Praise God. If you're in this church and you don't have faith, your hearing aid's been turned off. Or you just don't want to speak it. That's embarrassing. I, I just hate to do that. I just don't want to do that. If you're loaded with unbelief, the same gun will go off. And it will shoot exactly what's in the gun. And it will hit exactly where it's pointed. And if you've got unbelief in your life, this principle is working for believers and unbelievers, the sinners, the worst and the best sinners, the worst and best Christians. It's working for everybody. If you've got unbelief in your life and that thing goes off accidentally because nobody is believing for cancer, nobody's looking for their marriage to dissolve, nobody's wanting you know, someone to die, but if it goes off, it will shoot exactly what it's been loaded with and it will hit exactly where it's been aimed. And if you say... We never get nothing around here. It's always hard times. That gun will eventually go off. Isn't that great? Or isn't that terrible? Depends on what you're loading with and what you're shooting. We're supposed to talk to the mountain with a loaded gun of the Word of God. You know, we have what I call full-blown services. They're a little different and everything, but one thing we do. Now, listen to me. This is by design. One thing we do is we try to nullify the bad bullet in the gun. <laughs> We try to reload the gun every service by at least singing the word. Singing things, because the last word standing is operating for you. It's doing the commanding. So what we try to do is come in here where you've been saying, we ain't got it, and we're not getting it, and it's bad, and it's going to get worse. We try to come in here and say, I will save the Lord. He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in him I will trust. We begin to sing things. It's exactly the same. If you can get it out of your heart. Now, if you're reading it up here, na 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 and we sit down and we say, quick survey, what did you just sing? Don't look up. And you go, you know, I don't have a clue. Well, you know, you didn't change anything. But if you are singing these songs with us, and there begins to become an agreement inside of you with what you're singing, I'm going to change my future by changing what I say, and you should too.
Because you are going to have what you say. Say, I'm rich. I'm well. I'm sure saved. Filled with God. Blessings in my path. Fullness and overflow are in every day. My life is blessed. Favor goes before me. Opens doors. Good doors. God's doors. People give to me that don't even know. I love God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's lift up our hand right now. And out of your own head, out of your own mouth.